0: girlfriends episode number 59 banish the winter blues hello and welcome to girlfriends i'm danielle bean i'm a wife and a mom and i'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace balance and joy in family living this week we're talking more about podcast recommendations soliciting financial tips input getting real girly, and sharing some ways you can beat the winter blues and enjoy life to its fullest, even in February. Lots to do. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I am so glad that you're here joining me for another week. I'm always happy to sit down and share with you again week after week, and I'm so thrilled that you've chosen to spend this time with me. So, how's your week been? How was your Valentine's Day? It's been um, almost a week now. I'm recording this on Monday since Valentine's Day. And so funny, like, For me, Valentine's Day it this year it's like it didn't exist. I think we were just busy. And in past years, it's been a big deal for me, and it's been a big deal for the kids. Like I would get them little treats, and they, you know, they would anticipate having you know that at their their place at the table in the morning, and little valentines. And for sure, when all my kids were little, it was a huge deal to me to to make that day special for them. And I'd plan a special dinner for Dan and me, and it was like really important to me. Not that we had to spend a ton of money, but I, I just really valued that day. And it, it just, it occurred to me this year, like the day before when we had zero plans for Valentine's day and I actually didn't mind at all. It was fine. Um, that, well, I guess my life is different now and I have different priorities. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it does kind of cause me to reflect like, what what exactly does that mean? What has changed? And I for sure don't want it to mean that my relationships aren't important to me anymore. But one thing in particular, especially about Valentine's Day and, you know, anniversaries and my birthday and, you know, days where, or Mother's Day, days where you might, you know, expect a big deal to be made out of you or expect attention or gifts or, you know, your husband's affections or whatever. Like I know that there have been years where that has been super important to me. And I put a lot of value on that day and how we spend that day and a lot of pressure probably on my husband for how those days go. And, I realize in recent years anyway, uh, those have been less and less important to me. And I think, honestly, if I look back on it, like the times in my life where those days have been super important to me and the ways they go and I'm, I'm super intense about it are, are the times in my life where maybe I wasn't feeling really appreciated on a day-to-day basis. Maybe I was kind of starving for affection and attention um, and not to mean my husband was neglecting me, but they, those were busy years, you know, and it was a busy time and it was like this was one chance I had for like, okay, there's going to be a pleasant day or I might get a break on that day, you know, and so I would put all my eggs in that basket, sometimes with disastrous results, but, um, you know, now, I, I, not that my life is perfect, but I feel like I have a balanced approach and a, maybe a little bit of a broader perspective on my life. And I don't put all my eggs in that one basket. And I do feel appreciated on a day-by-day basis, especially by my family, especially by my husband. Um, you know, I, I feel like our relationships are good good and we're in a good place and I'm able to communicate my needs I'm able to talk about what I need and and maybe in a way that when I was younger I I wasn't as practiced at doing you know it's nobody's fault I think you're just in a different place in in your life at least I was and I know some friends who share similar experiences that when you're, when you're young and you're, you're figuring out this whole family life thing and figuring out this whole marriage thing that there, there are some things that are, you're not going to quite have the right perspective on yet. And, um, I'm not saying if Valentine's Day is super important to you, you're wrong <laughs> for sure. Cause, you know, people have different kinds of approaches to those things and, um, different expectations and that is totally fine. Um, but I would say if you are disappointed in how your Valentine's Day went, maybe Maybe explore that a little bit. Maybe talk with your husband about it. Maybe talk with your family about it, but maybe talk to yourself about it. Like, what are my expectations and why do I have these expectations and why is it so important to me on this one day? What's not happening on an everyday basis or on a regular basis that's making me feel so hungry and needy on this one day that I'm placing so much value on this? I, I just would invite you to, if you're disappointed in how your Valentine's Day went, however it is. And it may be a totally legitimate disappointment. Um, you know, reflect on that a little bit. Get to the root of it. Get to the heart of it because there might be a bigger thing there that you can address on an everyday wednesday not just have to wait for valentine's day or for your birthday or mother's day to address these kinds of everyday needs that you might have on an ongoing basis inside of your relationship or inside of your family life so anyway i hope it was thrilling i did eat chocolate on tuesday and we had dan's dad over because um dan's dad he lives alone he's he's been a widower for um gosh i guess it's about 18 years now um and He lives about 40 minutes away, so he's able to come over, and we had him over for dinner because it was his birthday the day before Valentine's Day, but of course, we had a major snowstorm, so he didn't come over that day, but we had him over on Valentine's Day, which was fun, so I guess we sort of celebrated, but it was more of a birthday. Uh, He was turning 80, and it was just so nice. I mean, not all of my kids were able to be there. My big boys who were at college weren't with us, but the others were, and my daughter Juliet, who's 17, just sat with Grandpa, and um, they did like family genealogy research on the computer, that's like a passion of his and he's not so handy with the computer so she, he thought she was a genius when she was just googling things and getting lots of information for him so that was nice they got to spend some time doing that and um, I just felt like it was a really nice kind of family moment to celebrate the fact that we've had grandpa and that, you know, he's been around for 80 years and he's, he's doing great and he's super healthy and active. And it's such a blessing to have him in our lives. And I I know that he really appreciates having the kids in his life. Those, these are his only grandkids because Dan has just one brother who uh, doesn't have children. So this is it. And, uh, I guess we made a real go of it. So he got eight grandkids and that's nice. So, um, you know, I, it was it was a nice celebration and it wasn't really Valentine themed and I was fine with that. So I hope your Valentine's Day, however you did celebrate or not celebrate, was okay with you. Um, next up, I want to mention financial feedback. I heard from a few of you and I just mentioned, I don't even remember how it came up in a previous podcast, probably three episodes ago um somebody requested that i do a podcast focused on the topic of finances getting your finances in order or budgeting or something along those lines and i was kind of balking at the idea because i'm actually terrible at those things i'm not, I'm, I'm i'm frugal by nature so that works in my favor but i do not have an organized budget um and depending on what's going on in my life, I can be a bit of a spendthrift at the grocery store because I'm like, my time is money. I just, I, I can't like be couponing or looking for specials or planning complicated recipes because it happens to use this pork loin that's on sale or whatever. Um, there are times when I'm able to do that a little bit more and I don't mind doing that. I don't, I don't mind the ways that I can save money at the grocery store, but um, anyway, I, all of this to say, uh, I heard from a number of you after just mentioning that, like, oh, please, yes, do an episode on finances, do an episode on budgeting, whatever. And I'm still balking a little bit because I'm not any kind of expert, not that I'm an expert on any of the topics I take up here, but at least I feel comfortable talking about them. Um, and so I want your feedback. I heard from one person in particular who's like, do you want to know what I'm looking for? And she hasn't replied yet. She's going to send me a Voxer on that. So um, looking at you and hoping to hear from you. Um, but if you have some ideas about how what kind of a show you might like to see on finances and maybe I could have um, a guest on to talk about it somebody who has that particular expertise if you have a recommendation for that um, I would be open to hearing about it I definitely I know it's an important topic and it's it's an important part of how we live out faithful lives like we're meant to be good stewards of our finances and um, you know I, I, that's certainly not something that I've been focused on and I I think maybe doing a show about it could be the right boost for me as well as helping other people to focus on that and in the coming months especially as tax time is approaching it's I think it's on a lot of people's minds so let me know send me an email danielle at daniellebean.com or send me a voxer or a voicemail go to daniellebean.com and click leave voicemail in that tab that on the side that says leave voicemail you can easily record a message there or connect with me on social media let me know what you might be looking for and if you're interested in what kinds of questions you have about finances that would be helpful for you okay I promised you we'd do something a little girly I'm going to really get girl frenzy here so shout out to you David the one male listener (laughs) sorry you can just you can just hit that fast forward button if you don't want to hear the girliness I want to talk about nails (laughs) I actually really like doing nails and uh, something I've enjoyed for many years. My nails are not always perfect. In fact, I'm looking at them right now and they totally need to be done. Um, But if you don't enjoy nails and nail polish, I'm just going to talk about it for a minute here. Because uh, I have a couple of things I want to share for other people who do share this passion or are a little bit interested. Um, The first of which is... I've been taking a supplement of collagen. Now, this is something, collagen is one of the things that, one of the reasons why people say bone broth is so good for you. And so that's, you know, I told you I was doing the bone broth thing, and um, I still am doing that. But in my research about that, I was clicking on things and found a lot of people take a collagen supplement, which is separate from the bone broth. And I just thought, well, I'll check that out. You know, it's supposed to be good for your joints. It's also supposed to be good for your hair, skin, and nails. And I just kind of rolled my eyes about that part because you know, there are lots of products that say that. Um, I used to take a supplement, I think it was biotin or something that said it was good for your nails. And the reason why I did was because I've always had really weak nails that will break easily. Um, There was one point in my life, I think when I was pregnant or something, where I think my hormones were just right. And I had like really strong nails that grew fast. And I was so amazed with myself. But for the most part, I've had weak nails that don't don't grow long. And, you know, living my life as I do, where I do dishes all the time and, um, you know, always doing laundry and always running from here to there and grabbing things along the way or cleaning bathrooms or whatever, I I always felt like my nails just need to be kind of short anyway. I never really grew them long. That isn't really a goal of mine to have great big long nails. But anyway, so I started taking this supplement more more just for like the joints benefit and um, that sort of thing. And lo and behold, I have strong nails, (laughs) so I want to recommend to anybody who is, you know, even if it's not for for vanity purposes, looking to have strong nails, um, if you suffer from weak nails, maybe you should consider both bone broth, you know, perhaps, but also a collagen supplement. I'll put a link in the show notes to the one I got. It's not very expensive, and you just, you mix it in water and it doesn't it's flavorless and colorless and odorless and you just um it completely dissolves into water or you can put it in a cup of tea or whatever. I mostly just I drink water every morning anyway, so I put a couple tablespoons in my morning water. And I honestly, I've only been taking it maybe 2 weeks and I haven't been very consistent, but I have to say I noticed a difference without even trying to notice a difference. Like I told you, I wasn't trying to take this for my nails. So anyway, I want to put that out there for anybody who's into nails, wants to strengthen their nails. And, and, you know, even just for health purposes, if it's not for vanity, totally fine. (laughs) Maybe you want to check out um, taking a collagen supplement. I haven't noticed any change with my hair or skin, but um, whatever, I'll take it for the nails. (laughs) I'm totally thrilled with that uh, side benefit from taking this collagen supplement. And the other thing I want to talk about about nails now, see, I've been wanting for a while now to do a totally all-encompassing girly girl podcast, but I think that might alienate too many people because not everybody's a girly girl. Not everybody's into all that stuff and not everybody shops at Sephora and that's fine. And I I love you guys that don't even wear makeup and I I think that's amazing. Um, But I wanted to share about doing nails. I've been doing my own nails with gel at home for Ah. Uh probably like four years now, I want to say, um, you know, if you go to the salon and you get a gel manicure, it's, you know, super nice and it can last like two weeks, generally last about two weeks. Um, I, I did that a couple of times, but I really didn't want to pay that much money to get my nails done. But I was kind of hooked on the idea of gel polish, as opposed to the regular polish, which chips off after like 24 hours, <laughs> at least in my lifestyle, it does. And um, I, I wanted to encourage you that if you, ha- if you're, if you really enjoy gel nail polish and Maybe only get a manicure every once in a while with it or something. You can very easily, for not very much of an investment, have everything you need at home to do it. Um, I'll also put those links in the show notes. Everything that I bought, I think I got on Amazon. Um, I'll have to look in my Amazon history to find out exactly which products I bought. But you just need a light. And, um, some, some real basic, like, you know, there, it takes a few different steps to you know, different coats that you put on. And then it's like a UV light that you put your hand in and, to dry, you know, the polish, um, to cure it, I guess. And it, it works great. Um, it took some, a little bit of practice, but if you're into doing nails anyway, it's kind of fun to learn how to do it. At least I found that it was. And, um, you can remove it just using acetone, which, is now for me anyway, available at my local pharmacy. Um, I think it's just become more of a common thing for people to maybe be doing gel. And so at first it was a little hard to find and I had to order it online, but now I can just get it at Rite Aid, which is right here in town. And, um, just the hundred percent acetone nail polish remover and easy to remove that way. Of course, doing your nails with gel polish takes a while. As you know, if you go to the salon and get it done, um, but it's, for me, it's a time investment that's well worth it because I like to have my nails done and, um, uh, and if I want to with regular polish, I, I mean, I would be doing my nails minimum like every other day really to make sure they looked nice. And so this to me, you know, it probably takes like 45 minutes total to kind of, to put on a new manicure and I'll do it while I'm, you know, either reading the news online or watching TV or whatever. And, you know, For me, it's totally worthwhile because then I'll have my nails done for two weeks. And talking about this is making me look at my nails and obsess about my nails that need to get done. So anyway, I want to recommend that. Um, if you're interested in doing gel polish, your own gel polish at home, it's actually really fun because now that I have it, you know, I've brought it a few different places when I'm going to be with, uh, friends of mine and we'll, we'll do nails. And, um, sometimes my daughters will use it. And it's been such a worthwhile investment for me that, um, honestly, I think the, I think altogether everything that I bought was, was definitely less than a hundred dollars, might be less than seventy-five, like what I actually initially invested. And you're spending like thirty, forty dollars every time you go to the nail salon if you're getting gel polish done. So over the years, the amount that I've saved is awesome. And I just want to really recommend that to you. And or if you're not a girly girl that's into your nails and you don't care about any of this, um, maybe as a gift for somebody you know who is interested in that sort of thing. So that's it. Collagen supplement. Get Your Nails All Pretty, and the um, gel polish system to do at home. I just wanted to recommend that. So now I got that out of my system, and I don't have to do an entire show about girly girl things, but (laughs) I still have many other things to offer, and maybe those will be coming in the coming weeks, but I think I need to kind of pace them out, so it doesn't need to be that girl frenzy around here. Anyway, all right, so getting to this week's topic, what we're talking about this week is a topic, of course, that is very popular this time of year, because everybody is suffering from the winter blues, uh, mostly people who live in colder climates, Um, but Everybody really is. I think it's just a downtime of year and there's less sunlight. And um, even if it's not freezing cold and three feet of snow where you are, like it is here, we're all kind of feeling it in February. February is a drag. And um, I took up this topic last year. Um, Uh, In episode number eight, which was five ways to beat the winter blahs. So, yeah, this time I'm talking about banishing the winter blues. Oh, that sounds about like the same thing, but I'm going to talk about some different things. So, I'm just going to recap what I said in episode eight. And if you want to check it out, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can listen to that one too. But um, the things I recommended last year were enjoy a guilty pleasure, something you don't normally indulge in. Go outside, even though it feels like you're going to die if you go out there sometimes. Get some sunlight on your skin. Deep clean something that you see every day. And this is something I'm I'm, worried, I'm thinking about doing um, real soon because there are different areas of my house that I've got in my mind. Like I could easily declutter that and make it look nice. And it would be a real boost to my spirit every time I see it. So cleaning something that you see every day. Taking a trip so you can just get outside and, you know... Um, revitalize your senses see something new go somewhere new do something new and make a mess which was kind of doing something creative in the kitchen or a craft or something that you might not normally do because it's messy kind of break that rule a little bit and have a little bit of fun with yourself or with your kids so those were the ones I recommended in episode number eight and um, I've got, let me see, one, two, three, four, five more for this episode. So the first thing I want to recommend is celebrate something. Find something to celebrate. While well, we were talking about Valentine's Day, it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day. But even just talking about celebrating Grandpa's birthday, you know, like, 80 years, we love you, Grandpa, you know, and there's probably someone in your life that you can celebrate, whether they're having a birthday or not. It's a really nice way to kind of gather people and appreciate the people in your life, celebrate an achievement take something, you know, maybe something's going on with your your husband at work, or maybe you have a friend who recently accomplished something in her parenting, like find a reason to celebrate. And you could celebrate in different ways. You might celebrate as a family, something that's going on with your family, or something that um, you or your husband has achieved or accomplished, or one of your children has accomplished in school, maybe good grades, or maybe a recognition of some sort, or a sports achievement, you know. There are tons of things to celebrate all the time inside of our our lives, and yet we don't often take the time to do it. and And it doesn't have to be a family event. That you know, maybe you're thinking that's too much work. I'm going to have to do like a special dinner and whatever. Well, no, you could um pick a friend who there's something that you want to celebrate about her or about her life, and you know, meet her for lunch and and, and tell her that it's a celebration of X, Y, or Z that's going on in her life or a celebration of your friendship. It doesn't have to be complicated, but look for something to celebrate. We all have things, blessings in our lives, and it's a real opportunity to enjoy and appreciate that in a deliberate way. All right, and then this next one is sort of related, which is also deliberate. Be deliberately grateful, you know. um, This is something we talk about all the time here on Girlfriends because it's true. It is so important that we be more grateful. Gratitude is a huge huge part of our everyday happiness, our feeling of fulfillment, our, our levels of joy that we have in everyday living. Gratitude greatly affects that. So keeping that in mind, find ways to be more grateful. Um, you know, I can't remember the episode number now, but I will link to it in the show notes. Let me make a note to myself to do that. Um, to a, a, a whole episode that was focused on practicing gratitude. But there are lots of ways to do that. And one way is just to talk about it. Say out loud the things you're grateful for. Um, I've begun a practice. Um, So, you know, you can add it to your prayer life. And this is the practice that I've begun um, for a couple of months. I've been doing it now. I think I've shared with you before that in the morning, one of the little little prayers that I add to um, my morning drive when I'm bringing kids to school and then I'm coming back is the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It just happens to be really well timed for that. But there's like a little more time that I could squeeze in a little something else. And I kind of wanted to be formalized about how I would pray in that little pocket of time there, like when I'm still driving and I've done the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And I started this practice of thinking of five things that I'm grateful for and thanking God for those five things. And you know the first few times I did it I felt like this is cliche I'm just going to say the same things every day like you know our home and my family and um, you know, the, that we have enough food to eat and our friendships and, but um, then I realized the more I did it, the more my, my eyes and my mind were opened up, even throughout other parts of my day to things that I was grateful for, even little things, even little opportunities inside of my family life or inside of a particular relationship that I was really grateful for. And of course, it's not like I wouldn't have been grateful for it otherwise, but being newly, like having my eyes newly opened, looking for gratitude, looking for opportunities for gratitude in my everyday life, um, I think it has changed my my perspective a little bit. And it's helped me to see even those small things that otherwise, you know, I, I might have taken for granted or I might have been grateful, but not really focused on it and not bothered to thank God for it. So it, it's a really great habit and I think it, it reaps great spiritual benefits as well as lifting your spirits and lifting your mood we all have things to be grateful for we all go through tough times of course but even in those tough times I find especially sometimes in those tough times you realize how grateful you are for the the basics that you've got you know whether it's friendship or your, your family or um, you know it, during a tough time you might be grateful that you have you have a job or your husband has a job and you're able to pay bills and, um, you know, whatever it is. Um, So find a way to make it a regular part of your day. You don't have to make it part of your prayer life, but I think it's really fruitful to do that, Um, you know, especially if your faith is important to you, to be thanking God. That's, you know, a really important part of the way that we're called to pray. We're, We're, you know, sometimes we fall into bad habits of always just asking God for stuff and only thinking to pray when we want something, even if it's for other people, even if it's not always selfish, but, um, There's more than just petition that we can do in prayer. We can praise God. We can ask for forgiveness, um, but also we can thank Him. So that that prayer of gratitude is so important. Um, But also verbalizing your gratitude to the people in your life, and I think this sets such a great example for our kids. If you are speaking out loud the things you are grateful for in in your in your home, in your life, in your family, in your relationship with your husband, in your kids, you know, just say notice something good about them and say, "I'm just so." grateful that God made you such a good math student or I, I noticed how, you know, you were you were so kind to your friend when she was feeling sad today. And I'm so grateful that God gave me a daughter that's so sensitive and kind and such a good friend wow think about the the benefits that gives to your kid just saying something as simple as that that it really boosts her and encourages her in you know some some particular gift that she might have but also it's giving you that boost of being grateful and, and recognizing what a blessing it is to have a kid who who is who is this way or what a blessing it is to have a work with an opportunity like this what a blessing it is to have a relationship with my my aging parents where i have a, a chance to you know interact with them in this positive way or to provide for them in this way. I think being deliberate about being grateful is really important. Some people keep a prayer journal or a gratitude journal. I think that's great. Um, I never have really succeeded at doing that, but um, it's it's a really great way to kind of memorialize the things that are going on in your life. I realized just the other day that I really liked going back through, I had some reason to, I was looking for an old photo, um, going back through old Instagram posts and it was like, a photo album, you know, because I just mostly share personal stuff on there or, you know, things we do or even just little random things. And I really enjoyed just going back through my Instagram photos like for the past couple of years. And it occurred to me that that's a really great thing to have. if you If you do keep a gratitude journal, if you just write down, you know, make it a practice in the morning or in the evening or at your lunch or whatever to write down three or five things that you're grateful for, what a nice thing to look back through like at the end of the year and just count all those blessings. What a what a beautiful thing and what an attitude adjustment that gives us especially at this time of year where we're tempted to feel bad for ourselves when we're tempted to just sit inside and survive these days of February. Um it's a really positive life-giving energizing kind of thing to do to focus on the things that we're grateful for. So be deliberately grateful. All right, the third tip that I want to share for banishing your winter blues is, are you ready for this? Fake it till you make it. (laughs) I'm a big fan of this idea. Uh, I think it actually works and applies in many parts of life. Now, you might be thinking, no, I'm not going to be a fake. I won't fake it. I can't fake it. But hear me out. You know, studies have shown, science has shown that if you're in a bad mood, and you force yourself to smile, it changes your body chemistry, it changes your mood, it makes you happier, it makes you feel better. Of course, it's not a magic solution. And um, if you don't believe me, try it, because I tried it. And it's amazing. I mean, I found it to be that, you know, there are certain times of day, especially where I'm tired, where I am inclined to be grumpy. Um, You know, worst, the worst is if it's the end of the day, and either I'm sitting in the living room, like, you know, most of the kids are in bed, and either reading or on my computer or watching television with Dan, and if I if I get real sleepy and tired, I, I might fall asleep at that point before we've gone to bed oh, I am a bear once I wake up from that, even if it's just like two minutes of falling asleep. I'm so tired and so done with the day and I'm so just ready to be angry about anything and the work that it's going to take for me to go to bed at that point is so bad. Um, You know, I I have learned like that I can be a jerk at that That particular moment. Um, But something that I practiced recently was in a situation like that, um, where I was really tempted to just be a jerk to Dan and or be really impatient, even with myself or even with just like, you know, chores that I needed to do or, you know, stuff that had to be done before I went to bed. Like I forced myself to smile. And it, like I said, it's not a magic solution, but it did change my mood and you know what? Even if it only is just making you more aware of the fact that you want to be happy, you, you're not embracing the bad mood that you're in. I think that that can really work wonders. So try it out. Fake it till you make it. Put a smile on your face just when you least feel like smiling. And you know what? Fake it till you make it works in other things too. Um, I know like sometimes I have a certain amount of work to do for, for my job that I can't stand there are certain jobs that I just really dread and I don't look forward to and I'll put them off and whatever. Um, but I find that if I'll just tell myself, hey, I'm doing this this afternoon. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going in with a positive attitude and, you know, I'll just talk myself into it to get started doing it. Like faking that I'm having a good attitude about it, even if I am dreading every second of it, that it really does make it a much less painful Process perhaps not painless, but it 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 very much does adjust my attitude. The more I fake it, or even in your relationships, you know, maybe there's somebody in your life that super annoys you, whether it's a family member or a friend or an acquaintance or whatever it is. And I'm not saying lie, and I'm not saying be a phony person, but say kind things to that person or about that person. Look for kind things that you can say to that person or about that person. Look for kind ways to respond to rudeness or annoying behaviors. Look for ways to force yourself, even if it doesn't come naturally, to be happy and positive and kind and cheerful in your response to negative things. And I find that this really does work. And, um, you know, it doesn't completely change you. But I think even just being aware of the fact that you want to change your mood, that, um, you know, a big part of the victory when you are tempted to be angry or sad or feel sorry for yourself, a big part of the temptation is to just embrace that and then spiral downwards from there. Like, oh, it's February late afternoon, the kids are you know, all fighting with each other and I don't know what I'm making for dinner and my kitchen's a mess and like just spiral downward from there and just embrace the bad feelings and anger and frustration and loneliness and whatever you're feeling. So, you know, that there's that temptation there, but making an act in the opposite direction, kind of working against it. You know, Aristotle talked about our tendencies in between, you know, the two vices and the virtue is the the mean in between them and the way that you know if you lean toward one vice the way you get to that mean in the middle is to push hard toward that opposite well if you're if you're being angry and depressed and sad and, you know, grumpy or frustrated, the way to push back against that and find that happy medium, the middle where we find happiness and peace is to push hard in the opposite direction, which is like crazy cheerfulness and happiness and gratefulness and, you know, talking about those things, putting a smile on your face and thinking, forcing yourself to think positive thoughts. You know, here's a mind blowing idea. You are in control of your thoughts. You get to control whether you're thinking positive things or negative things. And yeah, sometimes our our mind just slips away from us and all of a sudden we find ourselves thinking about things that we we, we don't mean to or, you know, whatever. We get distracted. But you have the power every time to stop that thought process and rein yourself back and say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do this negative thing, negative self-talk for the rest of the afternoon. I'm going to think positive things. I'm going to say positive things. I'm going to actually physically put a smile on my face at least for a minute and see where that takes you. I I promise you, you're, you're going to see good results from that. So let me know how that works for you. Fake it till you make it. Don't be a phony person, but fake it. Okay. All right. The fourth tip I've got for you to banish the winter blues is move your body. I know. You're probably rolling your eyes because everybody says this, right? Everybody talks about, oh, the joys and the benefits of exercise. Well, it's a cliche because it works. Endorphins, people, you got to move your body to feel good. And, you know, sometimes we just are in bad habits, especially physically, in bad habits about like what our normal is. And maybe you're not exercising at all. Maybe you're exercising, but it's just for, you know, 30 minutes in the morning and the rest of the day you're just sitting on a couch or whatever. We all end up in these bad habits. And I'm, I'm just encouraging you today to kind of evaluate where you are with that, especially if you're suffering from any kind of winter blues or tempted toward spiraling downwards into negativity this time of year. Think about how often you're moving your body during the day. And, you know, the human body is not meant to sit on a couch all day. It's not built for that. And it's not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy that way. And you're not going to feel balanced that way. You're not going to be healthy that way. So find ways to move your body. And it doesn't mean you have to, like, you know, join some hardcore Pilates class or spin class or whatever it is. Just find ways to move more in your day, whether that means going up and down the stairs, you know, any number of unnecessary times, or tracking your steps and, you know, going for a walk um, after breakfast and after lunch, or walking on your treadmill while you're reading a book, or whatever it is, finding ways to move your body more in your day. I promise you, you're going to get those endorphins. You're going to feel that balance physically in your body that helps you to be happy, that helps you to feel balanced, that helps you to feel normal. And it is possible to reset what your body's baseline is, what your body's sense of normal is. And I know this from my own experience. Um, I've shared on previous shows about starting to track my steps, which I did, um, I think it was last spring that I first started doing it. And I thought I was doing pretty well. I I thought I'm pretty active because I was exercising regularly. I really enjoyed running, um, even, you know, some longer distances. I was enjoying that a lot. But I realized when I started tracking my steps, Sure. On days where I went for a six-mile run in the morning, yeah, I hit my 10,000-step goal for the day. But on days where I didn't or on days where I, I went on a shorter run or I did a different kind of workout... um I wasn't moving much at all. And it was hard for me to get those steps in. It was hard for me. I set that goal of 10,000, which is kind of random, but like, that's what most people do. Uh, um, I think, it. I, I don't remember the, the history of it, but it is sort of a random thing. It's not like based in medical science or anything that everyone needs to walk 10,000 steps a day. But it's nice to have a goal like that in mind, because I, I found that it motivated me when I was counting my steps. Anyway, um, so, you know, Finding ways to do that in your day, um, it really opened my eyes to opportunities that I had to be walking in my day, whether it was, you know, walking on the treadmill while I took a phone call for work, or um, taking the dogs for a walk when otherwise I might have had one of the kids do it, or Um, at baseball practice, walking around the field rather than sitting in the bleachers and looking for ways to add those steps to my day. I I really found there were many opportunities, many times where I just, my default thing was to sit on my butt and looking for different alternatives to that was really an eye-opening experience for me. Anyway, what I want to say is when I first started to regularly be hitting that 10,000 step goal, I was really tired at the end of my days. I was physically tired in a way that I wasn't before. So that led to me sleeping better, which of course is going to improve your mood. Um, But also it also led to a new sense of normal for me after doing that for a couple of months. Um, and then that became my new normal was being active through my day rather than sitting. You know, I, I found that so much I could say I was really busy and I was working hard and I was, but a lot of it was work I was doing on the computer or work I was doing with the kids with their schoolwork um, or even work I was doing like for the, the, the household just sitting and folding laundry or, you know um, whatever, just there was a lot of it involved being very sedentary And um, it it took deliberation on my part to really purposefully look for ways to be more active in my days. And I really felt like it led to me feeling happier, feeling more at peace with my body, no matter what I weighed, no matter what was going on with other, you know, other parts of my physical health, no matter, you know, even if I was not eating my best or whatever, it really gave me a sense of happiness and well being in my body to be physically active through my days. And winter, of course, you're stuck indoors, so it's hard to do that. But really, you can look for ways to do this, um, just to to be moving more in your day on a a regular basis. Reset what your body's sense of normal is. Your body's sense of normal throughout the day should not be sitting still. Your body's sense of normal should be regular activity. It doesn't have to mean nonstop moving and never sitting, of course, but... Um, What I found was, so first I was tired at the end of those days, physically really felt it, um, but then that became my new sense of normal. And um, in June, I remember I had a series of meetings that I had to take part in for my work that involved sitting all day long for like three days in a row. Let me tell you, by the end of those days, I was really feeling it. Like my body was like, please, let's move. And every break that I got, I was walking, you know, not being a psycho about it, but it really opened my eyes to the fact that previously, I probably wouldn't have noticed how sedentary those meetings were. But my body, my body's kind of clock had been reset. Like this is our new normal. This is our new baseline. We move through the day. And I think that's a very healthy thing. And I think it really does boost your mood. It really does challenge. You so look for ways to be moving your body more in your day, and it might mean doing a, an official kind of workout or adding that to your routine. But it might be something as everyday as you know making sure you're you're just walking more in in your day. Maybe parking farther away. Maybe walking on a treadmill. Maybe um, you know taking a dog or a kid for a walk when you otherwise wouldn't. Or or going up and down the stairs a few unnecessary times. And you know there are lots of ways that we can keep our bodies moving in. In ways that are are very balanced and keep us feeling healthy and happy and balanced. So, all right. So move your body. The last tip I want to share for banishing the winter blues is challenge yourself find something to challenge yourself about. You know, we've got Lent coming up and it's always really kind of a popular thing to take on a new challenge for Lent, but you know, maybe take on a challenge that has nothing to do with Lent and, you know, find some new way to challenge yourself and you, you will know best what, what you like, but I think putting a challenge in your life, even if you're not a competitive person, even if you don't share the challenge with anybody, just privately challenge yourself with something. Um, it, it really motivates us. It kind of brings new life to um, our, our everyday routines. If we've got some kind of a challenge in mind and it doesn't have to be complicated, you know, it might be health related for sure. That's a popular thing to do. Like, um, you know, I, I want to be able to run a 5k. That's a really you know common goal that people have. Um, or I I want to be able to, you know, swim a number of laps at the gym or whatever it is, you know, a physical challenge, that's a a good thing. And for sure, that can motivate you. Um, So if you're, if you are inclined to do that, sure, but it doesn't have to be um, a a challenge in that way. It might be a book reading challenge. Maybe you want to, um, you know, whatever, you want to read more. And so set a certain number of books that you want to have read, like, you know, starting a little bit more than what you're reading now, whether it's one book a month or two or three books a month as your goal. And, you know, set that goal and figure out how you can get there and, you know, kind of work out, you know, through through your month, how you're going to find the time to read, when when you're going to be reading when or what you're going to um, replace with reading, whether it's watching television or um, some other thing or a work goal. That's a great idea. If you, if you work, um, there might be something related to your work that you could give yourself a goal with and, um, that can really motivate you. And I think that it's just a good time of year to do it because it's something new. It's something exciting. It's something fresh and it, it kind of renews our, our kind of feeling of purpose in the things that we do day by day. Maybe you're going to have, um, a a goal of something simple like setting a streak of how many days in a row can I, you know, remember to, you know, drink three extra glasses of water or, you know, if you have (laughs) that as your goal. And it it doesn't even really matter, like, what, what the goal is. Like, find something that's attainable for you in the next month or so. And, I you know, this is something that I find kind of applies to all parts of our life that giving ourselves a challenge is a great way to grow and growing is what we're meant to do. We're not meant to stay still. We're not meant to be stagnant. We're not meant to be stagnant in any part of our lives. So find a way to grow. Find a way to challenge yourself to grow. You don't grow without challenges. We get comfortable, right? I mean, whether it's in your spiritual life, your relationships, and whether it's in your your fitness or your nutrition, we get very comfortable in our space and that's not a good thing to kind of settle in and, and be satisfied with where we are. I think we should always be looking for ways to grow, ways to learn, ways to try new things, challenging yourself. And I'm, you know, you don't have to go way outside of your comfort zone here. It's really just a very simple concept. I was struck by this recently when um, I, I've told you before that I, I have a, a strength training routine that I like to do that I've kind of put together myself from a, a number of different sources through the years. And so I was doing this like three times a week and I was frustrated because there's this certain exercise that I do using a 30 pound weight that it's still, even though I was doing it three times a week and doing a certain number of sets and a certain number of repetitions of it, it still just felt, I I never felt like I wanted to move that weight up. You know it never got easy for me, and I was talking to my husband Dan about it. He knows more about these things than I do. He was always the the weights guy around here, and I was just sharing this frustration with him, like and so thirty pounds still feels challenging to me, and I don't feel like I'm making improvements if I just keep doing the same exercise and it never gets easier. Why? you know, and Dan was like just you know very plainly said to me, "Well, if you want thirty pounds to feel easy, do forty pounds." oh <laughs> like you know and, and it, it's so true of course and 40 pounds of course is going to feel a lot harder but that's how you improve is by challenging yourself and you know it doesn't matter if you're doing a strength training routine or if you're talking about something inside of your relationships with people that you care about or something in your work or um, you know something in your home organization or something the way you improve is you challenge yourself. You you go a little bit further or you give yourself a goal that feels like maybe it's just barely out of reach right now. It's a very simple concept, but it was lost on me before Dan explained it to me. But I think that that's a really good thing to keep in mind. Like, or you know, apply that concept to whatever it is in in your life that you might be inclined to challenge yourself about. If you want 30 pounds to feel easy, try 40 pounds, you know? So figure out what that might mean for you and um, find a way to like formally challenge yourself. You don't have to tell everybody about it and you don't have to like write it down or blog about it or whatever, but be, you know, be deliberate about it with yourself. Like I am setting this goal. And here's how I'm going to plan to get to it. Here's how I'm going to challenge myself in a new way. Here's how I'm going to take on something and you may or may not perfectly achieve that goal. But just challenging yourself is going to breathe new life into that part of your life. It's going to help you to grow. And that's what we all need to be doing. We all need to be growing. We all need to be getting better. We all need to be moving in the right direction, not stagnant. So challenging yourself is a way to do that. And a way Way to just find joy in life, find fulfillment, find peace. Those are the things we're always saying that we want. Like, I want to be happy. I want to. I want to find peace. I want to find balance. I want to be fulfilled. Well, these are the ways we get there. You don't get there without challenging yourself. You don't get there without changing, without moving, without growing in some way. So, those are my tips for um, this year's episode about banishing the winter blues. Um, just to recap here, I suggest this time around. That you celebrate something, find something to celebrate, be deliberately grateful, fake it till you make it, move your body and find a way to set a challenge for yourself. You probably have some ideas too, or if you want to share how your winter blues are going, or maybe you haven't suffered them at all this year and something has made a difference for you, um, or maybe you really are suffering in it and and you're looking for help and you have some questions or more comments or feedback about what I've shared here today, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to be able to add your voice to a future episode. So Please reach out to me. Like I said, you can go to daniellebean.com and click that leave voicemail. That's an easy way to leave me a voicemail. You can connect with me on Vox, or an easy way to send me a voice message that I can share on the show, or if you want to do good old-fashioned email, go for it. I would love to hear from you. You can send me a note at danielle at daniellebean.com. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. And now speaking of feedback, I want to share a little bit of feedback that I've gotten from a few of you in the past week. Um, first of all, I heard from Mary who sent me just a lovely email. She says, Danielle, I was just listening to your podcast about generosity and marriage, and you asked for advice on how to overcome your frustrations when you first come home from a trip. I've realized that whenever I first get home from work or running errands, I need a minute to myself to set my stuff down and switch my gears to mom slash wife mode, etc. But often I'm bombarded immediately with requests for my kids to do something for them, usually while my hands are still very full, or someone telling me all about the events of the day, I feel frustrated when that happens and try to ask for a minute to set my stuff down. While listening to your podcast, I had a couple of thoughts. Do you have a prayer space in your home? If so, could you try to go there as soon as you get home before you go through the rest of the house and see all the work that needs to be done? You could also hang a prayer or a crucifix near the door so you'll see it when you walk in. You could also try to remind yourself to say a short prayer of thanksgiving that you're home with your family and think about how grateful you are for your husband and all that he does for you and your kids. Then go hug and kiss everyone. You'll see all the little things that are wrong. I do the same thing, but probably have a better mindset and be more ready to practice general in your marriage, Thank you for talking about your struggles and being honest about going into freak-out mode. <laughs> yes, I did use that phrase. Uh, this is one of my biggest struggles right now, and I'm trying hard to pray to overcome it because I've realized I can't conquer it on my own. I lose it so easily sometimes when my kids, my four-year-old and two-year-old specifically, don't listen to me or do what I ask or when they ask me the same question for the 37th time. It's like my brain shuts off and I yell. I hate it and I always regret it immediately afterwards. Like you said, when you look back, it's always over stupid stuff that really isn't that big of a deal. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for your podcast, Mary. I just loved this feedback from Mary. Thank you so much, Mary, for reaching out and for sharing so honestly. And I think you're right in making that point that it's important to be honest with each other, open with each other, vulnerable with each other, and share the real struggles that we have. Because I think sometimes the biggest temptation is to feel like you're the only person who, you know, that this happens to, you're the only one who suffers in this way, the only one who's tempted in this way, the only one who's weak in this way. And I think that really is the voice of Satan in our hearts, in our minds, we let him in. And he tells us that we're, you know, that we're the we're the bad ones, and no one else is, is as bad as we are. And we believe those lies. In, in a way that really is destructive to our souls, but also to our relationships and the people that we love and care for. So important, important advice. Um, and I love that you share very practically about that idea. Um, there is a crucifix that I can see right when I walk in the front door, but I don't know that I often do look at it when I walk in the front door. So that's an important reminder for me. Um, and and you're right, even just being prepared for the bombardment when you walk in the door, I think can help you have the right mindset for handling it. And a great way to get the right mindset is to focus on Jesus, focus on his sufferings for us, and, you know, get in that right mindset of, of wanting to be more like Jesus in your relationships and giving of yourself in that way. So a beautiful reminder there. And it reminded me, too, of a practice that I used to have um, back when I was home full-time and my husband was working outside the Home full time, you know, our days were different. And um, he was often the one coming home tired and sometimes, you know, needing a little space or a little transition time. And back then, I used to sometimes, um, you know, just a few minutes before he was, was expected home, I used to say a prayer to his guardian angel, just like saying, you know, you know, help me to, to greet him well, help me to be a support to him in whatever way he needs, help me to, you know, whatever he needs from what his day was like, help me to help me to do that. And um, I think it was a priest that recommended that practice to me many years ago. And what a lovely thing to do or ask your guardian angel for that help. Um, I, I, your Guardian angels often, I think, don't get neglected and we forget to pray to them, but they're real and they want to help and support us. That's what, that's what God gave them to us for. So, So um, that that reminded me, and I think that's a practice that I'm probably going to pick up, at least on those times where I've been away for a while. I have a trip coming up this coming weekend. I'm going to be at the Los Angeles Religious Ed Congress. Um, So I've got a little bit of a trip at the end of this week, and I'm going to put this into practice, and I will let you know how it goes. Um, If you have more feedback or ideas based on what Mary shared about those struggles about losing your temper and how terrible it feels in those moments, afterwards and looking back and how stupid it is. And yet we all have those habits. We all have those weak moments where we, we choose or not even deliberately, we don't even know that we're choosing to do the wrong thing, to respond the wrong way. To we're, we're not choosing the loving response. And we all have that. And, you know, being open and honest with one another is a great way to get the conversation started about how to stop it how to stop that cycle. And um, thank you, Mary, for sharing from your heart and for being so encouraging of me in a really personal way. I really, I truly deeply appreciate that. And that's part of what I love about sharing on this podcast is people really open their hearts to me in a beautiful way. And I get just as much encouragement and support out of it as anybody listening might. So thank you, Mary. I really appreciate that.
1: Hey, Danielle, it's Melissa. Um, sending you some recommendations on podcasts because I um, I have a lot of time to listen at work. So I've got a handful. Um, Catholic wise, um, there is just a Catholic dad with Sean McCarney. Um, and if you listen to um, Greg and Jennifer with Adventures in Imperfect, Li- <laughs> Adventures in Imperfect Living and then um, Catholic in a Small Town, they talk about Sean. He has a good one. There's Coffee and Pearls with Sterling Jenkwith, and there's actually, she's an admin for a Facebook group that I'm also in called Catholic Women Live. So um, And Sterling's are only like, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes. They're not very long. And then there's also, um, this isn't a Catholic one, but there's Parenting Great Kids with uh, Dr. Meg Meeker. And I think I actually found Meg through Teresa Tamio's. Radio show, so I think I'm pretty positive she's been on Teresa's show, but she's not Catholic oriented. And then um, on, I'm involved in scouting, so on the scouting side of things, there's a podcast called Scoutmaster CG, as in Clark Green, that's his name. And then I listen to Career Day with Carissa Weiser, and that's another one that's like about 20 minutes long, and she um, just goes over different types of careers, like. Like one episode, she talked to a couple couple different types of um, dairy farmers, and then the last one that I have is weight loss made real with Cookie rosenbloom. So, and hers are short too; they're like twenty minutes long. So, um, I just wanted to share those with you. I hope all's well. Glad to hear you had a good trip to Nebraska. Thanks, Danielle.
0: Thank you, Melissa. I always enjoy hearing from you. And those are some great podcast recommendations, some of which I hadn't heard. I am super intrigued about the weight loss podcast by a woman named Cookie. I mean... (laughs) That is the best. So Cookie, Rose, and Bloom. I'm going to be looking that up, though. That sounds great. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and I, I've gotten a few trickling in from other sources, too. If you have other podcasts that you enjoy listening to, whether they're Catholic or not, whether they're Christian or not, maybe they're they're based on your work or whatever kinds of interests that you might have, let us know. Because the, word of mouth is a great way for, for podcasts to grow and to reach new audiences. And that's something I'm always asking you to do here at Girlfriend. Is, you know, share the episodes with your friends if you enjoy it. Share it on social media. Tell somebody about it in real life or. Leave a review on iTunes. It's a great way that you can support people that are producing content that you enjoy and appreciate and, um, you know, encourage them to continue doing that. So thank you, Melissa, for those recommendations. I hope I'll hear from some others of you. Um, And I want to give a shout out thank you to all of you who are supporting this podcast on Patreon. If you would like to become a supporter of the Girlfriends podcast, if you appreciate what we do here and you want to encourage me to continue and you want to support the kind of work that we're doing here at Girlfriends, let me know by becoming a Patreon supporter. Now, for as little as a pledge of a dollar per episode, you can become a member of our supporting cast of Patreon supporters. I so appreciate these people that give a little bit of their their time and their money to go and sign up and become a subscriber in that way. Um, and so one way that I try to give back to people who are supportive of the podcast in that way is... Is I have um, monthly events where we interact in a live way. I'm still working out the details, but um, it looks like next week I'm going to be able to set up one of those live kind of hangouts that where we can interact a little bit and you can, you can have more access to me outside of the podcast. So that's one of the benefits that you get for a pledge of any amount. So you can pledge as little as a dollar per episode at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. It's a wonderful way that you can encourage and affirm what I'm doing here. Let me know that you like it, that you want to see more of it. It's really a very positive way to encourage me to continue and I'm so grateful to those of you who do support the podcast in that way thank you so much for your encouragement and your support and now we're out of time for this week it's almost time for me to go pick up my daughter from school so Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for chatting about the winter blues and let me know the ways in which I can continue to support you and um, encourage you to keep coming back week after week because I so appreciate your presence here. It truly is an honor to have you come back again. The downloads and the sharings, they all mean so much to me and I'm so grateful for you just being here. So thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you'll enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.